All right, everybody. Without further ado, our very own Pastor Eric has got a fantastic message for us. All right, the walk-up song. Awesome. Never thought I'd get one of those. Oh, it's been a crazy week, hasn't it? Man, we got... Okay, at the beginning of the week, they steal our sleep. I'm still not over that. <laughs> then we got this virus thing. It's going crazy. But I just wanted to highlight some of the good stuff. So definitely the highlight of my week was um, the family got together. We kind of got in four corners of the house. And we kind of we got all of our toilet paper. So about 150 rolls apiece. And we built forts. And then we proceeded to have a toilet paper world war. It was awesome. And then when we got done, we just threw it all in the trash. Okay, no, no, we did not. I am down to, I think, five rolls. So, yeah, I am, I'm waiting for the stock trucks to get back. So, ugh. But um, the next thing I want to talk about, man, wow, that prayer. That was awesome, guys. So what I wanted to talk about today was revolves around family. Uh, what we've been talking about in the church, kids' church has been the church. But what is the church? Is it this building? we got this great facility, but is it the building? No. It's all these people in the building. And I look out and I see all you guys. You're my family. I mean, and, and for you people that have, haven't been here before, I just want to say, the church that you're walking into, I mean, it's evident by, by the prayers today. Everybody coming up. Everybody wants to pray for everybody. It's so amazing that we have this great family. And if you're new here, that's what you're walking into. You're walking into a family that has their backs. We go to the hospital for each other. We, we speak to each other. We, we want to be there for each other. And it, it is. It's our extended family. So before I get going, I want everybody to look next to you. And go, hello, family member. Hello. All right. Because we're all part of the same family. So, all right. So, have you guys been following along with the Lent prayers? Yes, they've been great. They've been a blessing. It's amazing the timing. I've been looking, and I'm like, oh, wow, this one's perfect for today. So, I just encourage you to keep going with that. Um, so, before... I get going. Um, I would like to pray. So, uh, Father God, thank you so much for this time, for this morning, for, for my family. Um, I just pray that, that you would speak through me. Let the Holy Spirit just flow through me, Lord, to these people and just equip the saints, Lord, um, so we can go out and, and fulfill your mission that you've given us, Father. I just lift this up to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, our, our message, our series right now has been Prophecies and Promises. And when Bob said we were doing this, I'm like, oh, I want in. I want in. So I don't know how many people are when you had your aha moment. And what I'm talking about for aha moment is when that moment was when you were reading through the Old Testament and you're like, that's Jesus. Whoa, that's Jesus. That totally makes sense. The imagery or just the words. You're like, I see that. So for me... It was about eight, nine years ago. I know that wasn't very long ago, but um, the Olsons. So Lori and Percy invited my wife and I, Chrissy, over to their house. And we went over for a Passover dinner. 
And one of their friends was a Messianic Jew. And he went through each step of the dinner. And he explained it. And then he also explained where Jesus was in that. And I was totally blown away. I'm like, how is everyone missing this? This is so cool. Jesus here, Jesus there. And he was everywhere. And it just blew my mind. So, yeah, Bob's like, we're going to be talking about that. I'm like, i got to get in on this. I'm going to be part of it. Um, so the section that I'm going to be doing, it's a little bit of a long read, but I'm going to be reading through Isaiah 53. It's in the, I'm doing, using the NASB. If you want to get there on your version or your Bible or whatever, flip to that. Um, this was written from about 739 B.C. to 681. So quite a while, a long time ago. Um, and that's the whole book of Isaiah. So, you know, this, this falls into, you know, somewhere in that time span. But, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through this whole chapter, and I want you to listen close. There's going to be some stuff that just pop out at you. It's going to be like, oh, that's obvious. Okay, I know what that means. Then there's going to be some stuff It's like, whoa, what was that? So just kind of listen up, read through if you want, or go through it with me as we go. So, um, so the suffering servant, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of parched ground, he has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, and like one from the men hid their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely griefs, not right, surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. This is one of my favorites. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed with our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging or stripes, he was healed. We were healed. <clears throat> All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was opposed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb being led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its sure, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And for his generation who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit from his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper his hand. Um, as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify many, as he will bear the iniquities. Therefore, I will allow him, allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death 
and he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. So a lot of us probably got a pretty good idea what that meant. There was a lot of stuff in there when I first read this. I'm like, what? I have no idea what that means. But a lot of it, like the, by his stripes we are healed. Wow, that's powerful. But what I wanted to do is I went through, and when I was studying, I took and I wrote down about one sentence for each verse, just so it was a little bit easier to understand in our vernacular. Um, So I'm going to read it again through what I came up with. So, the suffering servant. No one is really hearing us or seeing God's power. God will watch him grow up out of a destroyed Davidic monarchy. And he will grow up out of the dry soil of humanity and his nutrients from an unknown source. He will look normal. He is despised and rejected by man. And he knew pain and grief. We did not know his direction because it made us feel, we did not look his direction because it made us feel awkward. He took our sickness and sorrows and he saw him and we saw him as the bad guy. He suffered until dead, then mended our relationship with God and healed us of our sins. The world turned to sin and we followed then Jesus took all our sins upon him. He was tortured and could have, been, have spoken up, but did not. He was judged and taken out of prison to death by that generation. He was put to death with criminals and buried in a rich man's tomb, although he was sinless. God knew the big picture and saw the self-sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus would have, would have life again and see his teachings grow. Jesus made himself a servant and gave his divine knowledge to the disciples and turned them from sin to righteousness. Through his works, the forgiveness of sins will be ongoing. His name will be above all names because he took the sin to the grave and saved us. That makes it a little bit more obvious, doesn't it? It's the gospel. It's Jesus dying for our sins. It's the Easter story. Sorry if I ruined the service a couple, but that's what's coming. This is, Pastor Bob's going to have a great service, an eloquent sermon, but this is what we're going to be teaching about. And it blows my mind. 700 years before, this, that's when it was taught. They wrote this down 700 years before that. And, and Bob's been talking about how The prophecy, God's got a plan for us. He loves us. And yes, 700 years, that's part of the plan. He knew it. He had his prophets write that down. So yes, God has a plan for then. He has one for now. But the thing that got to me, the thing that stood out to me wasn't necessarily that. It was the Pharisees. So the Pharisees, they know the Old Testament. They knew it like the back of their hands. They saw everything. And how many verses were right there? And how obvious is it to us? I know that's hindsight, but it was so obvious to us. We could see that. Well, they knew the Bible. They knew what was going on. It's the crucifixion story. They were part of it. They totally missed it. Totally missed it. So the question God gave to me 
is could we be missing what God has for us? The Pharisees missed it. They were part of it. We're here. We've got the New Testament. We've got a different perspective. But could we be missing what God has for us? So the past couple weeks in our men's group, we've been doing testimonies. So that's what I'm going to do for you guys today. And the testimonies that we've been doing haven't been, oh, when I got saved, when I, when I prayed the prayer. It's been that plus how our walk's been. And then that moment when we, we truly committed to God, when we started dying to ourselves and living for him. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over that with you guys. This is, this is just a portion of, of my little adventure, but it started out when I was six. I can remember standing in my mother's car. She had a Chevy station wagon. I'm standing in the back seat, resting on the, the front seat, right? Nobody's done that. We're all still alive. I made it. But, so I'm standing there, and, and my mom's talking to me, and I prayed that prayer. And I mean, it's still fresh in my head. So I know that's the day I got my salvation. So that's part of my, part of my testimony. But now I want to fast forward quite a few years. So I got married. I had two beautiful girls. I mean, I had everything. But I wasn't in the right place. So I was in a place where I was working you know, one, possibly two jobs. And that's all I was thinking. I'm like, I gotta work, I gotta work. And then when I get home, had to do some family stuff, but then I'm, I'm like, I, I want Eric time. I want man time. I wanna do what I wanna do. I wanted to sit out on my deck. I wanted to barbecue and I wanted to drink beer. That's all I wanted to do. That was it. And I... God had fallen off my list. Church had fallen off my list. I didn't care. I'm like, I need to do this. And, okay, I'm going to be a little bit shameless here, but our men's group, that's the stuff that we talk about. We talk about how we're struggling and how we need help. And we've got a bunch of men that come in and come around us. And we help each other through that. So if men, I look out there, most of you guys are in the men's group, so you know that. But... I just want to say, if you're struggling, come to the men's group. Get in, get in a group with a bunch of guys, and, and we'll help. We'll lift you up. You can lift us up. It'll be awesome. So I was blessed. I have an amazing wife. My wife, Chrissy, she kept looking for churches. She found this church, and we started attending. It looked a lot like this church. It was this church. So we started coming, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm filling my quota. I'm coming one day a week. God's happy with me. I'm good. I'm in his good graces. One day a week, I'm there. But then I looked out and all the people were strangers. I didn't know anybody. It was just someplace I came and then I left. That was it. I didn't want anything to do with it after that. So one hour a week. Then I started realizing that's not enough. So Chrissy had already gotten into the coffee bar. She was volunteering. She was getting engaged. So I'm like, I, should pro- I need to do something. So I started on the greeting team. And then I moved over to Shepherd's Watch. I actually went up to this associate pastor and I talked to him. I, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, yeah, Bob. <laughs> um, so I talked with him. And he's, he's like, well, let me get you in contact. So he got me in contact with Shepherd's Watch, the security team. 
And from there, all of a sudden, I went from a group of people to meeting people. And I started getting friends. And things were changing, but it was still only one day a week. And that one day, it's like, okay, things are changing, but I wasn't really there. So I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? So I started going to the men's group. And when I started going to the men's group, that's two days a week now, so about four to five hours. And I started getting more friends. I started getting engaged. When I'd look out at the people, they weren't just faces. They were starting to become family. And that was huge. So this is when I started walking with Christ. Before, I had gotten my salvation and I was content. And I, wasn't, I was just happy with that. But now I'm starting to walk with Christ. Things are starting to change. But the thing is, is that my relationship with God wasn't really there. I, had, I was building the relationship here, but I wasn't building it here. So what I needed to do, I started going to the men's group. And we'd do these weekend advances or retreats, whatever you want to call them. And you'd have these mountaintop experiences. Like, this is so great. This is where I need to be. And then two weeks later, back down into the valley. I'm like, I don't want to be in the valley. I want to be on the, I want to be on the peak all the time. So I started digging more, and I started reading the Bible. And then I started helping to lead the men's group. I had to get in the Bible. I had to learn things, and I was spending more time. I found a sweet spot. What I refer, what my sweet spot, or what I call a sweet spot, is a time where you just set aside time, and you hang out with God. For me, I'd get on my mountain bike, throw on my headphones, worship, listen to podcasts, and just spend time with him. And from that point, my walk just started growing and growing and growing. And I started getting closer and closer and closer to him. So, this is about the time that I started dying to myself. I mean, I know a lot of people in here are Bronco fans. So, one of the, one of the things that really stood out in my mind is, I don't know, I probably shouldn't bring it up, but 2013, there was a Super Bowl. It didn't turn out well for our team. But I remember watching that and being so angry and being like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to look at anybody. It was, it was bad. It's not... That's not what God wants. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm definitely putting this above God. I'm, we call it, you know, idols. So that was an idol for me. And I realized that and I saw this and I'm like, what am I doing? So I, I realized and, and I started thinking about things. And okay, this is, this could get a little weird. I'm going to, I might sing, I, but they're <laughs> coming from the worship team. <laughs> no, no YouTubes. Um, but this song came to my mind. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. They just start fading away. And the light of his glory and grace. And man, that, that song just stood out so much. It's like, and the thing is, is that it's true. You start focusing on, on his glory and everything, and all the other idols just start melting. 
So that's it. Um, but I know all of us have got our idols. And I just want to point that out. Look at them and realize what it could be. It could be work, right? A lot of people put work. It could be alcohol. It could be porn. It could be coveting. It could be so many things. And these things are the things that are getting between you and God. So I'm going to keep going. So, Jeremy, if you want to put up, I skipped a couple, but if you want to put up the, uh, the side effects, the Bible, there we go. So what I want to talk about is getting into the Word. And what this says is awesome. I mean, and this is what I've experienced, and it's so true. And I love the part at the bottom. If symptoms persist, praise the Lord. Amen. Right? So I started getting into the Bible. I started reading almost every day. And something I noticed was things were changing. The way I talked, the way I thought, the way I held myself, just by getting into the Word. So Kayla, a couple weeks ago, she got up and she gave her testimony. And it just rang out with me. It stuck because she said, I started reading the Bible. And I started feeling this resistance from the enemy. Well, the enemy's he's not stupid. We may not like him, but he's still coming after us. And he knows that if we're in the word, he's going to come out. He doesn't want that. So he's going to come after us. But she, she continued on, which was awesome. So I'm going to come back to that question. Could we be missing what God has for us? So are you stuck in complacency with your salvation? Were you like me when I first got saved? Are you like, eh, I got my one hour a week, I'm good. I'm in God's good graces, I've got my salvation, I've got my ticket to heaven, I'm good. I'm gonna take off, I'm gonna do my thing. If that's the case, I just wanna say, God has more for you. Keep seeking him. So if you're walking and growing with Christ, and you're taking those steps, and you're learning, I want to say keep going. Great job. But God has more for you. And then lastly, if you've started to start dying to yourself, if you started getting rid of those idols, those things that are between you and God, great job. Keep it up. But God still has more for you. So in my, in my testimony, there's been, you know, some steps, some, some small steps that you can take to get to these points. And I know I'm still working. I've still got a long ways to go. But as I was prepping for all this, Matthew 7, 24 through 27 kept popping into my head. It kept coming up out of nowhere. Jeremy, if you want to put that first part up, that would be great. So I'm just going to read this real quick. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Every time that I've heard that, 
I look at the verse and I'm like, boom, I just put my foundation on the rock, on God, I'm good. Good to go, that's it. It does say that, but it says so much more. Just the first couple lines. So I'm going to go off here. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. So everyone who hears his words. I'm going to go back to the Bible. And we, if we're in the Bible, we're hearing his words. We can get these words from other places. We can get them from coming here and listening to a pastor. And we, and we can teach you what's in the Bible. You can go and you can, you can get worship you can do worship. You can hear the Bible and some of the worship songs. You can get with your Christian friends. You can get the words there. How about your, cha- your family member? Say hi, family member. Come on. There we go. Okay, so you can get the word from your family members. But where we're really going to get it is from the Bible. And if we're in the Bible, we're reading the Bible, and somebody is saying something that doesn't apply, that is not in the Bible, you can identify these false doctrines. You can see this. But you're only going to know that if you're getting in the Bible. Bob says, and all good pastors say, check me. You should know the Bible. Get in the Bible, double check what is being taught. That way you know if it's true. So I'll be honest. I'm not a reader. When the, when the pastor would stand up front just like I'm doing and say, get in the Bible. I, I had every excuse down. I was like, Bronco game's on. I'm too busy. I got to do this. I got to do that. I don't like to read. And they would stand up there and they'd say, it's life-changing. And I was like, yeah, well, not that big a deal. So I'm going to say it again. Getting into the word, it's life-changing. It edifies you. It fills you. It it does something to you. So even if you're not a reader, you can get on the U version and you can get in and read five to 10 minutes a day. Do that, it changes you. So the second part of this verse, you can go ahead and bring it back up, Jeremy. Um, the second part says, right after it says, words of mine and act, and act on them. So we got to act. We got to hear the word, then we got to act. It's a call to action. I mean, it's boom, it's right there. It's in the Bible. This is a call to action. Everybody in this room, everybody online, you've got a calling on your life. God has something for you. He loves you. He's got a plan, and you are part of that plan. So you need to find out what that calling is. You, please get in the word, read. That's how we're going to find it. Everybody's going to have a different calling. Get in the word, find out what that is. It could be mission trip, right? It could be volunteering at the church. It could be a small group leader. It could be talking to people outside the church. But it's a calling. And that's your calling, but... We all have a calling, and it's to come together, and this, this is what we were doing before, so this is beautiful, but um, we all have a calling. It says we need to walk in our gifts. When we walk in our gifts, we edify the church. When we edify the church, that's edifying the body and the church. And who's the church? Our family. 
Say hello, family member. Yes. So we're edifying each other. We're coming together. We're edifying. And then everything that was talked about, everything that was prayed about, when we come together and we edify each other and we're in the church and, and we're firing on all cylinders because we're working with each other, we get to do all the stuff that we prayed for. We get to serve the poor. We get to serve the elderly. We get, to, we get to take care of the widows. Everything that's in the Bible, we get to do that as a church. And we can step into this role that we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be taking it. We can, we can be the light. We can be the sunshine. With all this stuff that's going on around us, people can look at us and see the light. So I can also remember sitting in the seats and listening to the pastor. And whenever a call to action came up, it didn't feel right. It was like, oh no, I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm feeling bad. I'm, what's he telling me to do? What's he asking me to do? And I just want to say there is no condemnation in Christ. There's no shame. There's no guilt. That is not the purpose of what I'm talking about. Okay? What I'm talking about, and if you are feeling a tug, if you're feeling a tug, you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable right now, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's tugging on your heart and he's saying, come on, this is truth. We need to get closer to God. That's, that's what God wants. He wants to be closer to us. And That's the point. I mean, we just need to get closer to him and, and do what he says. And, that, and that's what he wants for us. So, the last part is about storms. So, we listen to his word, we do the call of action, and then what happened? We got floods, we got wind, we got rain. And it's all beaten on the house. That's the storms of our lives, right? How many people in here think there's a storm going on right now? Maybe just a little one, right? How many people have storms at home? We get, whether it's fighting with the spouse or, or finances or, or work, we all have storms. Pastor Bob said a couple weeks ago, the storms are going to come, and they are. But if we got a foundation on the rock in Jesus and we listen to his word and we do what he says, we're going to be like that wise man. Things are going to bounce off of us. It's still going to be rough. There's still going to be storms. It's still going to come against us. We're still going to get hurt. But if we got that foundation, it's not going to be as bad. We're going to weather these storms so much easier if we don't have hope, if we don't have Jesus. So, worship team, you can go ahead and come on up or start coming up. Um, Jeremy, if you want to put up James 4.8. And, and yes, Gabe, I did steal this from your Facebook page. <laughs> so, the point of what I'm talking about of this message is this. I mean, come close to God and God will come close to you. I mean, that is something that I've been desiring, hungering for, and, and zealously chasing for the last couple years. And as I've been doing that, 
my eyes have been opened to so many things. I went from a guy that was happy to be in church for one hour to a guy that is now standing in front of you. And this is, I mean, it's blowing my mind what God can do with somebody. And he can do that with all of us. We just need to step into it. We need to hear his word. And then we need to do, we need to do action on it. So could we be missing what God has for us? Yes, yeah, we could. But don't, don't. We've got the Bible. We go back to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the New Testament. So yeah, they could miss things. Did the Pharisees walk with God or walk with Jesus? They could have. They were there with him. They could have walked side by side with him. But did they do that? No. Can we walk with God? Yeah. Yeah, we can. So, did the Pharisees die to themselves? No. They were pretty greedy. They, were, they had their system and what they had put in place, and they wanted people to do that. So they didn't die to themselves. They, the idols were up. We can take them down. We can see past those idols. So, the main points of this, get in the word. Read the Bible. It's God's word. He wants the best for us. He loves us. Get in the word. Have that change in your life and jump into it. then there's that call to action thing. So if we're in the word and we have the word and he's telling us what to do, and I also want to urge you to pray. Pray about that. God, what do you have for me? What is my calling? What do you need me to do? What do you want me to do? And he's going to give you a call to action. He's going to tell you, hey, walk in this or walk in that. And he's doing this because he loves us and he wants us to be part of what's going on around us. And then die to yourself. All these things that are in the way, and it's so, so easy in our society. We have football. And that actually, that's a good point. All the sports are gone right now, so that shouldn't be an idol. <laughs> but we have everything else. We have phones, work, you name it, social media. We have all these things. Identify him. Ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what am I holding above you, Father? He will tell you what they are, and then you can get rid of them. And then finally, we need to weather these storms. And if we have this foundation, we can do that. And we can help people around us while the storm is going on. And right now, that's so important. So I want to urge you, if you haven't accepted Christ, Please talk to one of the pastors, Pastor Bob, myself, or any of the other pastors, Pastor Craig, Leah. We got a prayer team, a great prayer team. So go to them. Talk to them about, they'll pray for you for your salvation. But more importantly, with the storms going on, they'll pray for your, the storms that you're going through. So they're in the back of the, of the room. So feel free to go to them. Go to them with, with what you need. <clears throat> But what God really has for us 
is an amazing personal relationship where he's the creator of the universe and he wants, doesn't have to, he wants to walk and talk with us as we go through life. How amazing is that? He wants to help us through these trials and and storms. So I'm going to wrap this up by saying, don't miss out. This is an amazing adventure with the creator of the universe. So don't miss out. So I'm going to start handing things over to the worship team. And we're going to go to communion. And like Bob said, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. So if you want to grab your cup and, you know, go somewhere else and and do it on your own, feel free to do communion that way. If you want to do it as a family, do it that way. But the cups are there. Go to communion however you see fit. Um, We also have candles and the cross. And all all the communion stuff is located at the base of the cross. So I just want to, again, encourage you guys. It's a relationship. Let's walk in that. Let's seek him out. And a lot of people think, oh, this is going to be, it doesn't sound exciting. Oh, we got to go into all these rules. We got to do all this religion stuff. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Walk in it. Walk in this amazing adventure because God has more for you. Thank you, guys.
Will grow strange. 